Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future. This is Season 6, Episode 3, and today is Thursday, August 19th, 2021. I am your host, Paul LaPlaca, along with our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, life and relationship expert, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic. A warm welcome to those watching us live on social media platforms like Facebook and YouTube. And those of you watching us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of our new shows. We welcome your comments below the live streaming. If you're watching on Facebook, please like our show and be sure to visit I Am The Future Radio Show, uh, the page for details where and when to view the show, the specials, discounts, uh, love, relationship, prosperity, and manifesting tips, and much more. Don't forget to follow us on these platforms. In order for us to bring you these shows streaming live, we need your help by liking and following us on these various platforms. Since we are live streaming, for those of you who don't know who we are, uh, James Elkin is our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> our lovely psychic and phenomenal relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the one with the pink headphones. Hi, Jill. <laughs> Hello. Remember, not pink over oh, here. is are you now? Are you now me? No, I'm just not pink over here. Oh, all right. <laughs> In case I, am. I get confused. <laughs> Remember, if you miss a show, you'll be able to catch up at any time on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, or listen to it on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any uh, podcast distributor. Our YouTube channel and Facebook page is called I Am The Future Radio Show, and we've got things falling apart here. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> well, it's been we've one got of those days already. Show tonight, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be taking calls throughout the show, so please be patient. Uh, we'll do our best to get you all in the air to answer your questions. And if you call in, you'll be able to listen to us live while waiting to get on the air. Our phone lines are open. Our switchboard is lighting up, as always. It is. And we want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show at 319-527-6216. So call us tonight on the intriguing topic of the fear of commitment. Uh, Call us with your questions and problems regarding this week's hot topic on the fear of commitment. Or you can call us on any other topics you would like to discuss. We're here to answer your questions. Don't forget to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio, too. If you wish to schedule a reading or a life coaching session with Lady Fontaine, then please visit the website, ladyfontaine.com, and she can answer all your questions and concerns. Our last piece of business before we bring on Jim and Lady Fontaine is to remind you, we're still looking for a social media person to help us with graphics and posting on social media. We're a fun, a great team, and we would love to have you part of our our show. This opportunity includes on-air time if desired, Our most important requirements are that you have a great home office, fast internet, and you're good with technology, and have an upbeat and fun personality. If interested, please email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. That's radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. 
and either Lady Fontaine or her assistant star will get back to you. There's currently no compensation for this opportunity, but it's great experience, lots of fun, and it looks good on your resume. And one more piece of business, welcome Mike to our team. He's our, screen, our call screener tonight. He's a good friend of Jill's, and he did such a great job screening last, our last show that we've invited him back. And Jill might have done a little bagging here and there, too. And we hope he sticks around. Thanks, Mike. Uh, since the show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. But before I do, how are you feeling? I know last show you were slightly under the weather. And because of that and the hectic schedule, we had to reschedule. And you were under the threat of tornadoes. Let us oh, know. Please. How oh, please. Oh, my doing. God. Well, thank God the weather has settled down. We're having bad weather today, but not anything like the other night. And you guys were off the hook the last time we lost Paul. But the last time there was tornado warnings down here, you guys pulled me through. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember, yeah. Right. So what happened is Pete and I were on the phone, and he was doing a remote healing because I had just gotten that shot in my shoulder. And it was I was in so much pain that he said, let me do a remote adjustment. And then all of a sudden the sirens start going off on my phone. Oh, no. (laughs) The tornado (laughs) warnings. So he stayed with me like the whole day. He was was texting me, Uh, calling me. He was wonderful. He was absolutely wonderful. So from the tornado standpoint, I'm in the clear. I'm still dealing with some sort of um, sinus thing, but I'll live. But when Paul gets back, I'm not sure where he is. I'm still um, here. I just don't, oh. I don't want to see. I don't want you to see me struggling with all this equipment that's falling all over here. Oh. I've got an iPad. I've got an iPad mounted. I got the light. I got two computers. I'm almost there. Oh my there. God! I, I, I know. I know. Like I know what I'm doing here. And he's in his pajamas, so you know. We don't want to see that. All right. Well, tell me when you're settled, because I am diverting from our norm. Okay, there you are. Okay. All right. Now, uh, I checked our before the show this afternoon. Um, tell me when you're settled. I want you to get settled. I'm settled. I'm, I'm I, settled. I, I can multitask. Okay. All right. So I checked our email before the show to see. Um, if we had any social media applicants, and we don't have anybody who really knows what they're doing yet. But we got a wonderful, a really beautiful email, and I will forward it to you after the show, but I didn't want to forward it to you because she asked some questions, and I want to ask you these questions live on the air. Um, The first question is from Caitlin, and... I've added to it a little bit, <laughs> but let You've me tell you this. It, have you? <laughs> yes, I've enhanced it a bit, but um, you don't have to answer it. I mean, especially Jim, you could plead the fifth if you if you would prefer. The second question is something that came up for me this week, and I really want your input. And then I'm going to tell you the story behind it. And then the third question was also from Caitlin. So you ready? Ready. Okay. Okay. So first question is, she, she started, she opened the uh, email to us saying that um, she loved the show on the art of astrology. Jim, she said, <clears throat> you brought up things that she never knew. She was very intrigued by it. And she was tremendously excited to, you know, to see that show. Now, she made a comment that I had asked you on the show if you believed in astrology and she said she was a little bit surprised that you were a little bit like, yeah, I know there's something there or something like that. So 
So her question to you is, do you believe in psychics? Now, you don't oh. have to answer. It's a loaded question if you don't want no, to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I have to say yes. Um, there's been <laughs> too, say yes. Too, many times, too many times that I have seen psychic phenomena happening and no, you know, no good explanation. I've watched psychics work and I've seen them do talk about things like, oh, I've never been in the house, but it's down next to the piano behind the cupboard that's behind, you know, next to the stairwell. And you're just like directing people right to something that somebody's, you know, channeling. It's very interesting. Uh, too much detail, too unlikely to be, you know, what the, what the, the doubters always call like, you know, this generic stuff that everybody is, everybody would say yes to. It's, 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 it's a little, it's a little beyond that. So I, I have to say definitely. I'm not going to say all psychics I believe in, but I'm going to say I believe in psychic phenomena. Definitely. All right. Okay. So then um, the way I was going to expand on that was, do you believe I'm psychic? Do I believe you're psychic? Yes. yes. And how long have we known each other? Oh, what is it, 30 years? Yeah, 30 that, years. That, well, I can't be that long because then you weren't born yet. I'm 39. Oh, I oh, I'm sorry. You're only 10 years so, old. That's right. When I yes, met you. I um, like I was, I was working on Wall Street when I was very, very young. <laughs> what can I tell you? I'm very talented. <laughs> so, so um, those were the questions that I wanted to add on just to see. Um, I, I, I was amazed by that because, you know, I said to myself when I read her, her email, I don't know if he believes in psychics. I know you've never <laughs> doubted anything that I've ever said to you. And yeah. when we've worked together in investigations and stuff, even when we talk about things here and I start picking up um, physical things, you'll say, mm -hmm. oh, and then you'll like feed me with like uh, add this to it and add that to it. So I know you're depending on me to be able to pick up that energy in a certain way, but I, I didn't know how you were going to respond to it. I didn't oh. know if that would be a loaded question. Paul, you're not I, getting off the hook because I'm going to ask him the same question. But Jim, what were you going to say? So what were the questions if I had said no? Um, they would have been basically the same question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't have an alternate, like, you know, oh, if he says this, then go there. If he says this, then go there. I didn't have okay. that. All, All right. right, Paul, same question. Do you believe in psychics? Um, I'll say I believe in you. Thank you. But that means you don't really believe in psychics. Well, I've had a lot of negative experiences with people who claim to be psychic and uh, they're just, thing. uh, they're trying to scam you on the money. Right. Um, so I, I certainly believe in the, the possibility and the phenomenon of, of people being able to have some kind of, uh, intuition or spiritual input. Um, for some of these things, uh, but I'm suspicious um, where it comes from sometimes, and I'm definitely suspicious of the people um, and whether or not they're to be trusted, but not you. I believe in you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, have Okay, so new, different questions. I've working with you with You're, career coaching. Oh, what? You were, so you were kind of skipping in and out there for a second. You're good now. All right. I don't know if I did anything here. Paul, when you, and, when you do career coaching with me, do I pick up anything that I wouldn't normally know? Um, I don't remember anything sticking out to me that 
feels like, oh, this is a psychic reading. Um, so w- when we're in the middle of the, the really heavy lifting, um, which is amazing, um, and I highly, highly recommend the, uh, the work that you do because it's, um, it's been life-changing. So it's really cool. But like when we're in the middle of it, I can't really differentiate <laughs> from what would be your intuition and your schooling and, you know, therapy or um, psychology as opposed to what your spirits, your guides are telling you. So we're, when we're doing the work, it's very seamless. What, what you're telling me and how we approach certain problems and work through issues um, it's yeah, it's it's hard to say where it begins and ends because it's it's very cohesive and it's very integrated. Um, you had referred someone to me. I don't want to give out too much information. I don't know what what I can say or can't say. Um, <clears throat> and when I was doing a session with her the other day, um, I was scanning her energy and I wrote down what I picked up. And when she told me, I actually held it up for her to see exactly what I wrote down. Did she tell you that? No. Yeah. Um, and it was spot on. <laughs> it was really spot on. That's um, very interesting. Yeah, it is. So I don't know if you, um, because she asks me things and um, more on that note. Not that we're not working on on her stuff. We are. But, um, you know, that was interesting because I nailed the age and the subject to the T and it wasn't like anything that anybody would know. And I thought that was interesting because I asked for her permission to actually scan her energy while she was doing some inner work. And I came up with something and she said it was a real biggie. Wow. So, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Talk to our mutual friend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I don't know what I should say or shouldn't say. All right. So this other topic, this is totally different. Um, I want to ask you a question because there's something that I talk about when I'm talking about relationships on these shows. I've said this often, and I've said that respect is earned. It's not given freely. And trust and trust, it's the same thing. Um, Do you agree with that or disagree with it? Jim, let me start with you. Um, I usually start off assuming that someone is going to be trustworthy and, and give them their chance. And when they prove that wrong, I mean, I'm not going to dump everything on somebody that I just met, but, you know, I will just assume that I can trust them. And then when I find out that's wrong, then that's withdrawn, at least to some level, you know, to the level that I believe I can trust that person. Okay. And Paul, what's, what's your opinion? Um, restate the question because trust missed... and respect is that is that given freely or is it earned? Uh, that's it depends on the situation for me, but most of the time uh, respect needs to be earned, and it's usually a mutual uh, thing where you're when you show respect, you ex- your expectations is that it's returned. So i have a tendency when when people demand respect for me it's kind of uh it depends on who it is but it's like you have to earn it um there are certain situations where um it's a given like um you know you, you respect your teachers you respect um somebody who's trying to do a job that uh, needs to direct a bunch of different people so there's certain times where automatic respect comes in when it's safety when it's 
uh, an impossible job. Like I think I told you during one of our sessions, you know, I struggled with my parents because when I was in high school, I didn't respect them. There were a lot of things that they said and did that, that didn't, um, I didn't feel good about uh, our relationship. So I didn't have a lot of respect for my parents and they demanded it as I'm your, your father and you'll respect me. And I'm like, well, you, you kind of have to earn my respect by, you know, showing me respect. So right. it's, it's hard. It depends <laughs> on the situation and who you're dealing with, whether it's given um, freely, you know? Right. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you this question. I have a friend who's a psychologist in the Atlanta area and he and I went to school together and, you know, we, we've reconnected several years ago and he happened to tell me the other day that he watched one of our shows. And I don't remember if it was in the show that I said this or just, you know, he and I talked, so I don't know if it was just in dialogue, but he said something like, um, so, you know, I watched your show. It was very interesting. I was intrigued by it. And then he said, so is trust earned like time? And I thought about that. And my gut response is always yes. I think in a relationship and any situation, if you don't invest the time and you don't show that you're trustworthy, I always felt it was like a wash. But when he said it, well, let me tell you what he said. He said to me, um, sometimes offering trust as a cornerstone in a relationship is, you know, like a beautiful thing or something. I don't remember his exact words. And that resonated with me tremendously. So I really yeah. pondered it and I did a lot of inner, you know, work on it. And then I spoke to some of my friends that are either psychologists or therapists. And everybody said the same thing. And in essence, what they said was, um, nobody has to earn trust. If you, this blew me away. If you don't trust somebody, then you don't, you, the person who doesn't trust. So Jim was right on this. If you don't trust someone, that means you don't trust yourself and you don't trust the universe or God or fate or faith or whatever to provide and watch and take care of you. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. And I've given it a lot of thought and I've changed some of my belief processes due to that little word that he said to me. I mean, I don't think he meant to be profound. I think he was just asking me a question I must have said on the air. Well, you know, earn, you don't, you know, uh, trust is earned. It's not given freely. And he commented on that. And that has changed my whole philosophy because I thought of what a beautiful thing to be able to give trust to someone. And I talked to my trauma therapist about it. And she said that, um, it is a, really an empowering thing to do. And you have to be able to trust yourself that you could handle. If somebody isn't trustworthy or, you know, acts like a jerk, you know, you'll survive it. And it's no, not that that's, that's really uh, profound. Like you're saying, it's in the beginning of a relationship, <laughs> I feel like you're, if you, if you enter into a, a relationship equally, you're both rolling the dice and you're trusting 
and hoping yes. that you're, yes. you're both going to take care of yes. each other. So that is a, that is a wonderful gift. Oh and it's a wonderful God. way to start a relationship. Yes. But when you're in a long-term relationship, that trust can be broken and it does need to be earned back. So I feel like you, you can't keep on giving trust freely. Once it's broken, somebody needs to put the effort in. Like even with my child, who's 12 now, we trust him during the school day not to be on his computer on video games. So when he screws that up and it's like, okay, well, you've broken our trust and it's going to take a while to earn it back. So until that time comes, you don't get to have your iPad in the room with you during the school day because that's where he was right. doing video games when he should have been in class. <clears throat> right. So I feel like it, it's, it's all over the place where it's like, yeah, you should give trust freely uh, when you're both equally um, uh, investing in a relationship. But if it's long-term and someone breaks that trust, I don't feel like it, it should be freely given back. It just, you have to be able to. I agree earn, with that. You know? And I believe that's a whole different topic. And we should actually do a show on that because that's a, a hard road back. Sure. It really is a hard road back, but it's yeah. not impossible depending on the, the people involved. Yeah. But that's a, a really good, that was a great response. All right, so I want to get to the third question that Caitlin asked, which <laughs> it was kind of a fun question. Um, <laughs> again, we never had anybody ask questions. She wants to know from all of us, what qualities do all three of us look for in a partner? So who wants to start? I'm going to go laugh. I didn't write down what my answers are. Mine is, I'm going to just give it to you off the top of my head. Thank you. Um, what qualities okay. do we look at? Um, what's important to you? What's important to me? I haven't started a relationship in a long, long time, so it's hard to oh, answer. You've been married. My God, I remember being at your wedding 25 20, years ago. 20, yeah, 20, 20 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah, a little in San over Francisco. That. In San Francisco. Yeah. Yep. Well, that, yeah. Anyway, um, I would be looking for similar, some similar interests and some areas that we can support each other. Um, areas of conflict have to be resolved by, you know, speaking out that is no man's land. Just don't go there. Oh. Um, just well, yeah, like <laughs> right, like our differences in politics. You weren't going to exactly. lure me in. You were not going to lure me there. in. Right? <laughs> he tried. Did you, did you see that on Facebook? He tried to lure me in, and I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I went, no, it's not happening. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't respond. I refused. <laughs> Where would we get to, really? Where would we get exactly. to? Nowhere. So exactly. not worth exactly. it's not worth Thank going you. there. So okay, so uh, ignore the things where you have opposing viewpoints. Well, you gotta ignore, but be respectful of them. You know, it's the, it's the person behind that, and that person has needs and reasons for the decisions that they've made about their 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 beliefs. And those needs and reasons are the things to pay attention to, not the beliefs themselves. So and you're giggling. I'm only laughing because <laughs> You brought up Trump, this and that, and I, <laughs> and you were the one many years, no, uh, probably around 2016, or maybe, yeah, when Trump won the first time, 
Um, mm-hmm. You were the one who put up something and said, old Indian quote, the left wing and right wing are part of the same bird. Okay. I will never forget that. And okay. I have reposted that on different yeah. occasions. Mm-hmm. But I think we do forget that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I try not to be disrespectful in any way in any comments that I write. I hope I wasn't being disrespectful in your mind. I was? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. Because you comment – now, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want okay. to go this there. This isn't the place. This isn't the time. Yeah, no. We'll, we'll, t- no we'll man's discuss land. Let's some stay other time. But, yeah. right. But <laughs> I, I, I chose not to respond because okay. of our friendship. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Thank um, you. Is there? Go ahead. Go that, ahead. Sorry. It. All that's right. It. So, uh, Paul, do you want to answer that question? I do. I think um, you know. I think we've talked about this before. When you get to certain points in your relation, your your you know your timeline, there's points in your uh, where you've been in relationships that change what you want and need out of a relationship. Sure. So for me, you know, unfortunately, the the last relationship I was in before my current one, which is going on seven years, <laughs> starting this. Wow. This August, which is phenomenal. I thought it was five years. You guys are no, doing great. No, we're starting our seventh year together. Oh, God um, bless you. I'm yeah, delighted the, the, to hear that. The most important things to me for this relationship at the start were the things that were bothering me the most about my past relationship, which really isn't fair to put your partner through to say, um, you know, these are the things that really destroyed me about my last relationship, so I need these things fixed from you. Um, right. But specifically with, with mine, it was like, I, I need to be left alone. Like I, I, I need my own time. I need to be in charge of my own time where my past relationship, I wasn't able to schedule my own existence. And it was really, really frustrating. So with my, my, you know, my girlfriend now, it's just like, I, I need space. I need peace in my life. And that, that was a huge part of it that um, she doesn't treat me like an appendage, like a third arm and doesn't expect me to be her assistant and everything she needs to do. She lets me right. have my own life. and like, you know, I have a lot of things to do. <laughs> so you do. That's we what, keep you that's very busy. Keeps, right. That's what keeps us happy. Is Go that, ahead. You know, right. here's my, my studios here in the closet. And her office is out yeah. in the living room, and we let each other do our our work, and then we come together um, for for our, our time together. And it's like that's the most important thing to me outside of all the the romantic things that we, you would hope for. You know, um, they're they're on the list. Like I want somebody who's like minded. I like somebody who enjoys the same things that I do, the same sense of humor. But after you've been through a really hard relationship, that those things fall to the bottom. And the number right. one thing is. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me do my you need work. your space. Right? I need, you know, that's, you know, I think in my 20s, my answer would have been a lot different, you know. Oh, sure. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy now. <laughs> I know so. you are. And you're very lucky, too. I'm you so are very lucky. lucky. Yeah, you I'm really are. Lucky. She's a lovely girl. She yeah, really is. Thank you. <laughs> so, do you want to know what my response is? Yeah. What questions? are your thoughts? Yeah. All what's right. Your... So, I would say, um, you know, all the traditional things, like you want someone who's honest and trustworthy and stuff like that. But now I don't know if trustworthy is really an issue or not. But I like um, 
some I like persistence. I like somebody who is persistent. I, I do. I think that's an admirable trait. But what Jim said about have, being like-minded, I feel core values have to be aligned in a relationship. They have to be. Otherwise, you're gonna, it's a tug of war no matter where you go or what you do. Um, <clears throat> and then I like um, passion. I don't mean romance. Well, who doesn't like that? But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jim is like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like to have passion about things. Like everything I do, my dogs, everything. I'm extremely, this show, I'm very passionate about. Our topics, everything that has of it, that's of any interest to me, I'm very passionate about. Now, what I, what I don't look for is uh, many of my clients always say, I'm looking for a clone of myself somebody just like me. And that would be the most boring thing, I think, in the entire world. Because first of all, you don't learn anything. You don't grow. And I remember when I was divorcing my ex-husband, um, he said to me, I'm the same man that you married. And I said, that's Bingo. the problem. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. I grew and I, I evolved. He didn't. So I feel that... Um, you know, to have different interests, but they, it has to be like, you know, like I want to, like you need your space and so do I, Paul, but I also enjoy doing things with people. Right. So, so, you know, if they have like golf, I'm dying to learn how to play golf. Jim, when we worked on wall street, how many times did, you know, the executive guys go out on the golf course, take the day off and go out on the golf course. I was never invited. It was a necessary know, part of the job. You needed I know, to do that I mean, in order to keep your position. Exactly. But I was never invited. But then again, mm -hmm. even if I was, I didn't know how to play golf. But You were I, a consultant. I, you didn't get involved in those conversations. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that because I was involved in a lot of, like, the Y2K, like, you know, I was, I did everything in that. Yeah. You did the yeah. workstation side. I did the whole network and building and moving and um, mm -hmm. all that other stuff. So, um I was involved with a lot of high-level discussions on that because if I didn't get my part done, like Y2K was going to happen. I couldn't sure. say, oh, well, you know, we're a little bit behind. We'll worry about it next month. There was no yeah. flexibility. I had to get it done. But I was never invited, and even if I did, the, the all I've ever played was miniature golf. So <laughs> I don't know how that would <laughs> I don't know how that would line up with being that on a golf be. course. But that's something like, that you know, if somebody played golf or had interests that, you know, have are intriguing to me, I think that would be a great thing to share with somebody. So um, I, that's really it. I need passion. I need persistence. And I need, for me, I'm a big stickler on honesty and communication has to be somebody that is able to communicate. If they that's don't. That's part of trust. That's part of trust. Now, talk to me about that, because I don't see that. Yeah, because I have to trust my partner to communicate with me when there's something going on. Right. Okay. I got you on that. And if they don't? Then they violated trust. Oh, my God. This is, like, profound to me. 
to me, holding on to things important. and not, not sharing them with me. And that's, that's happened a lot to me. That's why I've been married three times. <laughs> I have no comment on that one. But you've been married now for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, the first two were shorter. Yeah, otherwise you'd be about 90 now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I, just, well, I just feel 90 after two marriages. I'm just like, I'm exhausted. Hey. Yeah, me too. Oh, God, you guys are... <laughs> um, Jim is is younger than me, so by a year. Oh, I'm 38. Don't, you're 38. You're 38. Don't. <laughs> Paul is the old one here. He I am. I'm 94. 90. I feel so good for 38. <laughs> what happened to my now? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I want honesty, yet I'm the first one to lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the a lie. Are perfectly you believe acceptable. it. That's right. Well, I do believe Ah, my lighting is going to fall. I do believe it. So um, that that becomes my reality because I do believe it. So in any event, um, I want. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to add. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. She has, to, she has to like motorcycles and classical music. Oh, for you that you, they yeah, have yeah. to like motorcycles. She has to like motorcycles and classical music, or it's out. It's done. <laughs> Does Bing Wei go on the motorcycle with you? No. No. And you've been married to her for 20 years. I got to give her a call. She, pre- she preceded the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, how long have you had a, a motorcycle? You had it in About 2010. Yeah, About you 10, had it in 2010 years, yeah. when we were doing the um, Beyond Haunted, the, the, yeah, movie, funny, the uh, TV show. TV show, right. Yeah, the funny thing, I'm on my third motorcycle, too. I thought this was your second. No, third. My first was a Suzuki Intruder. The second, oh. the second was the Sportster, and the third is the Road King, the big one. So you're the the last two are Harleys. Yeah. <laughs> I have no comment. Motorcycles and I'm classical just, music. So okay, all you ladies well, out there. <laughs> what are you going to do with your wife? Oh, what are you going to do with your wife? Put her in the sidecar. <laughs> oh, okay. So then it's a threesome. Um, I, as you know, that would be a nice thing for me as well yeah. to have somebody. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Paul. Touche. You can't just can't leave those hanging. No. That's, low, that's low hanging fruit. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I have a comment, but I'm not going to make it. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, no, not a threesome, a motorcycle. That would be a big plus for me, too. Thanks to my friend Mike, who's um, busy screening, or maybe he's oh. not screening. Um, yeah, I he, think they're all, they're all screened. screened. They're ready yeah. to go. He, so we'll take some calls in a minute. But yeah. um, he, he, he tormented me to get on the bike. He felt it would be good for my PTSD. Yeah. And it's changed my life. Yeah. Oh, you know what I got out of it? And we've never done a show on this, and I want to do a show on it. Maybe I already said this. I don't remember. I think I said <laughs> being in the now. Did I say that before? No, that's a great topic. Oh, that I must have said it to Jim before the show. I mean, what is the moment of power? What is your moment of power? It's what does Abraham Hicks say? The only true moment we have is in the now. So 
that's what I get out of being in the motorcycle. I forget about my clients. I forget about PTSD. I forget about 9-11. I forget about my childhood. I'm in the moment. And it has, become, it. An ad- it has become an addiction for me. That's it. That's what I it is. I've got Mike's bike sitting right back there. I'm going to ask him because he, when, he, when he stored it, he goes, now, he gave me the keys. I have the <gasps> keys, but oh. I do. <laughs> but then he said there is a there is a switch that he could like switch so that nobody could move the bike. I said do uh, it, do it. <laughs> so he switched it off. But I could ask him how to unswitch it. Right. You know. Oh, you I know, can figure that, it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'll video. I'll videotape it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to all this, Mikey. Are you there, Mikey? <laughs> I don't um, think he's unmuted. He on? There he is. He's coming now. Okay, Mike. 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 <laughs> how do I how do I turn that back on? <laughs> I'd have to use your wrench too to put the the mirrors back on. You talking about the fork block, Mike? Mike. Mike. <laughs> he passed out. <laughs> what? The fork, the fork block. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all we're talking about, yeah. Oh, okay. That's Is easy. that easy to unfork lock it? Yeah. It depends on the okay. bike. Some of them are easier than others. Hacksaw. Well, he just went, he just, <laughs> what? <laughs> he just like. Fontaine toast is the clay. Uh, he he <laughs> just like. Clay. For he North, just North did Carolina like, clay. Uh, Stop giving out my location here. <laughs> um, he just like went, and it was done. So it's like a switch or something, right, yeah. Mike? It's a key lock. It's, it's a, a key, key lock. lock. Where are the keys? You told me where they were. You, where you already said that you already said you had them. I well, you, you told me where they you put them. them. <laughs> no, um, I'm going for the motorcycle. Uh, Training yes. class. Good. No, I, I'm Good. not. No, but I'm waiting for his wife to get back so she and I okay. can go together because we'll have a lot of fun. But I couldn't even handle his bike if I wanted to. There's no way. I mean, there's just no way. You'd be surprised. Oh, you think I could? <laughs> I know 80-year-old men that, that ride their motorcycles still, uh, those heavy ones. So Yeah, but, uh, but they're experienced. They know what they're doing. I don't know what you? I'm doing. When you finish the class, you will. Oh, um, because the guy at the motorcycle shop recommended a 250. No, uh, Mike recommended a 250. The guy at the motorcycle shop recommended a 300. Uh But it looks like a toy. It depends on where you're going to ride it, because if you get out on the highway with something super light, you're going to get blown all over the place. I don't like highway. Even when Mike does it, I go, how long are we going to be on this road? He goes, one exit. I go, I can deal. (laughs) I don't like, I mean, around here, there's these world-class motorcycle roads here. I mean, I really miss um, Mike. Mike. (laughs) I miss you. Can you come back? Uh. <laughs> it's it's only been a week. <laughs> Imagine by next week. Oh my God, I'll be pulling my hair out. You wouldn't like that. To listen to that. <laughs> I I, uh, I miss riding a lot myself. I'm sure. I'm sure you're struggling more than me. 
But um, hopefully I'll see you back here soon, you and Sherry. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we should take some calls. Like, we, we definitely yeah, have a good say, list. It looks like we have a good list of callers here. Thank you for joining us, Mike. And thank you for screening calls for us. Thank you very much. Because Jim and I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tough part of the job. <laughs> All right. So who do we have here? He, he's got a lot of callers here. Yeah. He does. He does. Um, goodness gracious. What do you think, Wendy? Been on a long time. Um, I'm looking for, yeah, but let's, uh, well, since you mentioned her name, we have to take okay. it. Oh, this, oh that's right. going to be a channeling one, I think. Hi, Wendy. <clears throat> Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much. Welcome. Hi. Nice, nice to talk to you again. Um, I am uh, talking to a few companies regarding getting a memorial gravestone um, to be shared. Uh, it's from my beloved brother. He passed in 2015, and I would be sharing the memorial. And um, I would like to give you a few na- names of uh People not really identifying them, but I don't know which person I'm going to go through yet. And then tonight, I was speaking to a man named Brian, and he sent me a picture of an angel memorial, which is really special. So, uh, and he's got some nice pieces. Um, so, is it going to be from Brian, or is it going to be from uh, Rucola, or is it going to be from? Um, PSM, do you have any thoughts on any one of those companies? Um, <clears throat> each one felt like they had um, something very alluring. But talk to me more about this angel one. Is that from Brian? It is. And he and I have been talking for about a week. And then he just finished working and he, he's being very kind to me and patient. And out of the blue, he sent me this picture of an angel. He said that it was $4,000, but since he's had it for a while, he would let me have it for um, $3,500. Um, and maybe in the angel is, is white granite um, with her arms around uh, like part of a gray um half of a gray heart and then the base might be black marble um and um but he has some other pieces he has like an an uh it's called emerald pearl for a stone um and then there's also something called black black galaxy which is black with in the sunlight it would kind of sparkle but he had never shown me this angel before tonight and he said He's had her for about two years. A family ordered it, and then they, then they decided not to buy her. And um, so he says that it was four thousand dollars, but he would let me have it for thirty-five hundred. And I think there's honest. more. I think there's more room for negotiation on that as well. But um, I feel in your energy, that's where your passion is. I mean, all of this, even the emerald one that you mentioned, and the sparkly granite one that you mentioned in your energy I could feel he's got the designs he's got it's more than the design it's the feeling behind it that I could feel so aligned with your energy you know it's 
It is. I mean, it's almost like if you could imagine the most um, esoteric or ethereal type of uh, memorial, he either has it or can envision it. And the other ones, to me, feel much more traditional than what this, what Brian is offering you. I kind of feel at the end you're going to go with one of his designs, um, but certainly, I mean, the options are up to you. I mean, you could decide, no, I want something more traditional. But what, if you're true to yourself <clears throat> and you really go with what resonates with you, you're going to go with one of his designs. Um, I believe there's even something else that he has that also would resonate with you. I'm seeing like something with a dove. And I actually expected you to say that the angel was holding a dove or that a dove was on her shoulder or something like that. That's what I expected you to say. So I don't know oh. if there's another one that he's going to show you with a dove. My gut feeling is his stuff is exquisite. And his stuff is memorable and it resonates the most with you. But if you opt to go with tradition, um, I didn't write down, there was a name you said P something, P V something. Um, well, yeah, there's a company called P S M and um, uh, Natalie is the person I'd be talking to for that company. Um, um, they, they feel very reputable they feel like they have um, good quality, but it feels very traditional. It doesn't feel like this more ethereal look that you're getting from Brian. So the end you know what? is going to be in your hands, but to me it's a shoo-in because I could feel what you want. You have this. You are exactly right. It's more spiritual and ethereal, right. and I think yes. Brian and I have a connection. And um, I will I will text him right now and ask if he has something with a dove, and maybe then he'll he'll send me what you're picturing, and email it to me and let me look at it. I would love to see it. Oh, God bless you. Or maybe he to. could or maybe he could even do the um, the angel with a dove, or maybe there is a dove and he hasn't mentioned it on an angel, or he could put a dove on but I see a dove with the angel. And I was surprised that you said she was holding a heart. I felt it was going to be a dove. Well, she's holding three roses. Hmm. Oh, so what was the heart that you mentioned? Well, it's, she is standing and then she is facing to, she's embracing with one big uh, wing one of the wing on the left is oh. enveloping part of a, a half oh. heart. Mm. And, uh, oh, oh gosh, I'm just, if you don't mind, I'd love to email this to you. And um, do you think you'd have time to respond? Because yes. um, I, I have really been, I almost made a negotiation with somebody called Linda and it was going to be a blue pearl monument with a, a white marble base. And then she said she didn't have it. So I said, I basically was very polite. And I said, no, thank you. And so now I started looking again. And um, so he says this angel was $4,000 a few years ago, but he would let me have it for 35 
I keep um, on seeing 3,200, so I think you could get him down a little bit more. But if he customizes it with a dove or something, you might end up at 35. But I feel there's some flexibility there, even more than, than what he's already given you. Well, you know what? I am looking at spiritual ethereal, and it's for my yes. beloved brother and me. Yes. And uh, there would not be a lot of a room to put a lot of engraving on this angel piece um but it is just so spiritual it when i looked at it um and you can get angels from other companies but he's had her for a couple of years maybe she's been waiting for me she's been waiting Um, i was going to say the same thing she is waiting for you and even though you said there's not a lot of room to to do writing it feels like on the base there is oh okay that's have you You've seen the whole thing with the angel and the base? Um, well, yes. He, I, I will send you the picture uh, okay. as soon as we stop talking. And um, God bless you. She's, I am an artist, and she touched my soul when I saw it. Yeah, and yeah. It, I can feel she, that, that connection with that. That's why if you're true to yourself, this is, you'll either go with Brian, he'll customize it, you'll go with this or something, because this is, I could feel it in your heart of hearts. It connects with you. It does. It does. And I could get a, I could get a much larger stone, like the Black Galaxy, uh, way larger. But to me, it's almost like there's an aura around this. There is. There is an aura around this for you. There truly is. So good luck with you, Wendy. Send me the email. I will take a look at it and I will get back to you. Are you, are you, because your voice is so familiar. Did you, are you the one who called us about the China at, uh, um, at that famous department store? Yeah, I thought so. I recognize your voice. (laughs) Yes, I did. Okay. All right. How did that one work out? Thank you for asking. I finally got my refund. Yay! What happened? You know, I think it was divine intervention. I called again, um, I don't know, three weeks ago, and and I was transferred by somebody. And this woman was the billing department. And and I said, oh, no, I'm, I needed to speak to the backline department. And she, she insisted on wanting to help me. And she heard me out, and she stuck with me. And... Uh, she, I believe in her sincerity, um, and she, I supposedly was reinstated for shopping online again, Yay. but something went fluey. I've been trying to reach her, and then I spoke to another woman named Reg who was supposed to get in contact with her, but I am still going to be, I got my money, thank God. But All right, I still, good. I, she said that I'm reinstated, that she did everything, but apparently they forgot to do one last thing, so... I am still working on being reinstated, so hopefully I'll still be reinstated. I may contact them tomorrow again and tell them that uh, they still need to to look into this. Do you think that will be resolved? Yes. What I'd like you to do is escalate it and talk to a supervisor and tell them what's been going on. This has been going on for months now, and tell them you need yes. it resolved. You're a good customer. Um, this was no fault of yours, and you you need the you've been told the access is restored, and it isn't. 
So, but well, escalate well, it. You want to hear something strange? Because I think I'm very mystical too. When she came on the lane on the line, she said her. I asked her name again, and she said Jeannie, and then she said like Magic Jeannie. So things oh, come wow. to me. Yeah. And she, she said she there's no coincidence and or accidents. There's none. She, so you're right. She identified. She identified with me because she had had a similar experience about buying something very, very expensive, and she had a terrible time time to get her a refund, and um, and then after a lot of pushing, she finally got it. So she felt a connection with me, I think. And um, um, <clears throat> I would agree, and and I believe there's a lot of flexibility there. So um, you know, work on it work on it and and brian brian is sending me other text pictures again i've never never had the cooperation like he is he's sending me pictures of the back of that angel monument and the side showing me how the wings like if you're putting your arm around somebody how it goes around uh, the section where my name and my <laughs> beloved brother's name would be and you you are right because I need that ethereal spiritual right. connection. You are also right because uh, the PSM is really gorgeous, but they're they're pricey. Mm. But Brian is giving me that extra touch that I need. Right. Um, right. So. Right. Um, Wendy, send it. Send me whatever you want to send me. They're they're telling me that we have to move on because we have a lot of callers. But um, okay. but send me it, and, and we could dialogue an email. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Same here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was great. We never had a call like that before either. No, that's first, yeah. That's wow, true. I love it. I love it. All right, so who else do we have? We might as well take another call, and then we'll get back down to business, because there is a topic at hand tonight that I want to address. All right. Let's, let's go with Tanika. Is this Tanika that we know? Yes. Okay. It's another previous caller. She was in early today. Okay. Tanika? Hi. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Hi. Welcome, Welcome back. Thank you. So what's the story? Um, I just need to know what Lady Fontaine sees as far as changes coming up for me in my life, as far as in the areas of moving or changing jobs. And if she sees anything about love, I spoke to her about someone that I know the topic of the show applies to. Um, Frank, I spoke to her about in the past. I haven't heard from mm-hmm. him still. And I think okay. he has commitment issues, like the topic says. Okay. Yeah. Can we keep it down to one question? Can you just pick one thing okay. to talk about? I mean, I think Frank sounds like a good one. Let's, 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 For let's tonight's topic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's, what's, what's the story with Frank? What happens? Um, I just haven't heard from him. I don't know if this is just totally done. Um, if he's just moved on. I just haven't heard <clears> from him and I'm um, still heard about it, but he doesn't know that. If we just haven't spoken, I don't think there would be any place to put those feelings with him anyway if he did know. So, um, I think I you're kind of him. answering your own question, but um, energetically to me, it does not feel like it's over or done, but 
<clears throat> the more important part of this is what does Tanika need from a relationship and is this man providing it for you? And clearly he isn't. Now, um, does he have uh, commitment issues? Um, what I do feel he has is a lot of, um, and I might have mentioned, mentioned this to you in the past, but betrayal issues that are causing him to not be able to open his heart. And that's a him issue. You know, you, there's nothing you could do to change that. And have, has he shared with you, like, to me, it feels like uh, um, a broken engagement. Has, has he shared that with you? He told me in the past um, that he was married um, at one time, and then they separated, and he didn't really go into the real reason why. He just said uh, when she got a better job, she just thought she was too good or something like that. And I know there's more sides to the story. And it makes me wonder if now, you know, did they get back together or something? No, or just no, on, no. You know? <clears throat> no, it has nothing to do with his, his ex-wife, and it has nothing to do with even another relationship. I'm not saying that he's not either talking to other people or whatever, but actually his energy to me comes through more like um, that he goes into a shell and he doesn't really reach out. You know, he, he sort of goes into his cocoon for safety. And I kind of feel that's where he is right now. Um, I think the topic for today and when I, when I really start talking about the fear of commitment, some of what I talk about will apply to him, but um, he's not ready. That's what it boils down to. And, you know, sometimes on paper, relationships look great and they should work, but something is either missing or a person isn't ready. And that's really what it boils down to. In this instance, Frank isn't ready. Now, um, I know you've, you've, you've called in before a lot and you've heard our shows before. And I often talk about what happens when you want something and when you hold on to it. And we, we don't realize the power that we have when we're holding on to that hope and that desire for something to be in our lives that isn't, you know, we talked about earlier today about living in the moment and living in the moment is forgetting all that stuff and letting things play out in its own time, in its own way and not holding on and not trying to control anything and not trying to make it happen, not trying to persuade anybody or anything like that. So my gut feeling is with you is that you hold on so tight to the hope of this. And I actually feel you are missing other opportunities because you, you're sort of, you have sort of tunnel vision in this, in making that decision that this is the man for you. So what I'd like to see you do is loosen up a little bit on that and trust the process. We talked a lot about trust in the early part of this show and trust that there's something greater at hand here and, and that that ability is going to draw him in at the right time or draw in the right person at the right time. Um, I, I really feel you're holding on so tight to the hope and whatever he fulfills in you, which to me feels like um, attention, um, that, that attention is what you miss the most. Not even him, but the attention that he gave you. Um, and that 
the the way to resolve that and the way to shift that energy is to give yourself that attention. See, a lot of things like with abandonment, when we, when people abandon us, in reality, what's happening is we abandon ourselves. And what that really means is that right now you're giving 110% of your focus, even though you're not, I can feel you're not giving 110, but you're giving too much focus to Frank and to what he, how your life would be different if Frank was in your life. Um, And instead of doing that, if you can shift that focus to giving yourself that attention, hearing what it is that you really need, which this man is not providing for you, and pay attention to that, and you're going to start seeing that either Frank enters your life, re-enters your life, or the right man is going to enter your life. But try to shift your focus away from getting your external... um, validation or or uh jim what's the right word here external validation's um, great i like validation okay. right. something external to yourself rather than from you that'll be the key for you and the next time i talk to you i want to hear that you've done that all right so tanika work on that okay all right good luck to you thank you jim Jim, before we go on to another caller, and actually I want to talk a little bit about our subject, could you, could you address that a little bit, what I was talking about? Um, do you have any comments on that, about giving, that, giving yourself that, that focus rather than giving it out to someone who's not there for you? Um, what I've seen is people who are out there having a good time with themselves or with you know, friends are people who are most interesting because their energy is very much, you know, I'm I'm solid. I'm 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 uh, contained. I'm you know I'm stable. Um, whereas people who are chasing after others, looking for someone to fill a hole in themselves. Uh, Bingo. That, That's that the be- key. That's that becomes the key. that becomes a problem. Yeah, uh, because other people can feel that energy, uh, and, and especially people who like to take advantage of that energy which is really dangerous. So you can, you're actually attracting people who recognize that you have that hole and they want to use that as a way to manipulate you. So, so is that an energy vampire or something? Well, sort of. It's, it's a person who wants to take advantage of others because they're, you know, they get food from that. I, I don't want to call it a vampire because that, that has a lot of baggage with it. Right. That, that may not be uh, rec- applicable. Uh, I, I think innocent people do it without realizing they're doing that, but they, there are people doing that. So, But that's typical of codependency. I mean, a codependent person, somebody who is a giver is going to draw in somebody who needs to be, um, needs somebody to give to them. Two givers yes, in a codependency relationship isn't going to work, or two takers in a codependency mm-hmm. relationship isn't going to work. And we're, how much of society is codependent, 97% or more. So we all have some degree of codependency. What? I, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if you can really quote a statistic on that, but, but yeah. But that's there's, there's the number I've heard. Yeah. I have heard okay. 90, like over 97% of society is codependent. Okay. Which is okay. scary. To Look, there are different degrees of codependency. Yes. 
Um, but anybody sure. who gets their validation from anything external to themselves is a form of codependency. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, and, you know, a lot of people are stuck in that cycle. Yeah. So that, that, that I like the, the old song uh, uh, that the Beatles wrote, uh, so hold, hold you in his arms and you can feel his disease. That's a great line. Uh, from the, uh, to come together. I remember that song, and I've yeah. always wondered what that it's meant. Like, so that's what that's, it means. It's like oh. you can feel his need, his, what he needs from you, what he can feel or what she needs from you. And it's, 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 for me, it's always been off-putting. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm needing to have a girlfriend, I never get any. But when I just exactly. say, okay, when I start relaxing and I start doing what I want to do and really having fun doing that, Yes. And being with people I like and having a good time, that's when people start showing up. Right. Um, I, 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 that happens, ha- happened to me, too, where it was the, the more, you know, you look for something and try to get it, like we, you've said so many times on the show, right. um, it, it ends up uh, creating a boundary. But when you relax and um, not so much don't want it, but it's like it's it's you're not. You let go of the expectation go, right? and the desire so and let, the hope. Let it come in. And yeah. what happens when you let go? You start to trust. Right. The process. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I had a couple questions come in from um, online here. I've got a couple text questions. Oh, okay. Good. So oh, they we didn't want to call this. in. This is so excited. Right. So this was yeah. from, uh, from online. And uh, one of the questions was, what are some alternative ways of showing commitment other than getting engaged or married that have as much or more meaning? I wonder who texted this in. Maybe a girlfriend of seven years. (laughs) (laughs) So we have somebody on the show who's maybe commitment phobic. Um, you could say I'm commitment phobic, but I wouldn't. I, I feel committed. <laughs> All, All right. my stuff is here. I'm not All going right. anywhere. Oh my god, that's not what. That's not the way a woman sees things. All right. So, um, first of all, a lot of what society calls or considers commitment isn't really what matters. What matters is the commitment of the heart. And I do believe you are committed in the heart if we're talking about you. Um, Sure. (laughs) Let's talk about me. (laughs) No, let's just pretend it's someone else. So whoever we're talking about. Whoever um, texted that. Right. (laughs) I do believe that the commitment of the heart is the most important thing. See, where we get messed up is, quote, unquote, the expectations. You know, and look, I'm a, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a woman. So, um, <laughs> really? And all this time? Oh, you, didn't, you didn't realize that. Huh? <laughs> and I think women have this dream, you know, like this fairy tale dream of what a relationship can be, should be, would be. And that does get in the way, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having the dream. But and it's right here in the script. It's like the opening to what I'm talking about is that when you're really looking for a serious relationship, if a guy tells you, I don't want to get married, if a guy tells you I'm not into commitment or a girl, whichever it is, 
I've said it before on this show, believe them because I deal with men and women all day long that get into relationships and the other person is on a different page. When we talked about at the beginning of the show, the core beliefs and having similar, you know, goals and desires, that is important. But I'd like to, I mean, if this were you, whoever this is, I would like to work with that person and try to get that person to understand what's holding them back from being able to make the commitment. But the true commitment of love and presence and being present, I think supersedes if you have a ring, if you're married or anything else. But if the other person wants that, um, then, and, and you love that person, then what's holding you back? That's the bigger question. So that suggests to that person, text them back and ask them to arrange an appointment with me next Wednesday at 11 <laughs> when we usually meet. <laughs> and I'll be happy to work on that issue. <laughs> so can, can we perhaps answer the question then, what are alternative ways of showing commitment that aren't getting engaged or married that have the same... Meaning, or is is there no substitute for um, what is that finger? hand fasting? Get hand fasted. What's hand fasted? Isn't that the term uh, in Wicca? I think where oh. you go through a ceremony. It's oh, very similar to ceremony. marriage. <clears throat> without without the legal documents, what? yeah. Right. You can just, yeah. just say that, yeah. You, you don't have to actually go through a wedding, but you can go through a private, you know, ceremony celebrating your relationship and, 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 and then treat it as if it was there, you know, you give it anniversaries, you know, turn it into a threshold for your relationship that turns it into a bonding commitment. Right. Because, but I really feel that if one partner does want that commitment of marriage and the other one doesn't, I don't know that there is a happy medium. I mean, maybe hand fasting really is one time on, um, I don't know if it was The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, one of those shows. They they did a hand-fasting ceremony, and everybody thought they got married, but they didn't. They When they split up, there was no divorce because they weren't really married. But it is a right. way to show your commitment and show your devotion and show your love, and especially if you love a partner. But the bigger question is what would hold a person back from not being ready after seven years? <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, um, you know, to to not be ready to take that step. Well, let's say you were on a motorcycle and uh, you crashed and Scary. you broke your back and you were in the hospital for three or four years. And I you would said never yourself, get on a motorcycle you said, again. You know, no I'm never going to get a motorcycle again. Right. It's dangerous. Right. You can really get right. hurt. And right. then you decide, you know what? Uh, I'm 30 something years old. I'm going to try it one more time because, you know, life is long and I really enjoyed riding a motorcycle. It was really fun. And then the second time you rode a motorcycle, you broke your neck and you were in the oh hospital for God. seven years. Oh my God. So the I'm never going to get on a motorcycle comes, again. Yeah, you just blew it for me, along and my you, PTSD, he blew so, it. <laughs> so the third time someone comes along and says, hey, do you want to get on a bike? Um, I'm saying... 
Um, I've, I've been a, in an ATV for seven years. I don't think I need to get it on a two-wheeler again because I got really hurt the last two times. So I don't know if that's a fear of commitment. Just I don't want to get on a bike again. <laughs> Jim, I want to hear from you while I think this one through. Well, I think a commitment in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or a ritual, uh, uh, is, 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 involved, is involving a vow, okay? The vow is your word. And if your word is, I'm going to stick with you come hell or high water, that's a commitment. Whether you're making it with, with the state's official blessing or if you're making it in front of all of your friends, it's still a commitment. And it's, it's, your, it's your honor, it's your dignity, your integrity that's at stake with that. Right. So for me, that's the, that's the argument I would make. We don't have to go through a marriage because there's socially a lot of baggage with marriage. Yeah. What, we could, what we could do is we could just make a commitment to each other in front of friends and have a big ceremony about it and have a great time. Everybody get drunk and do everything that they do at a wedding. And then we'll be committed. Right. All right. So what I want to say to you is that with the example you gave me about the motorcycle, let's use that example for you. You're already on the motorcycle again. No. You're already riding the motorcycle. Oh. Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. You're playing house. You are so on the motorcycle. You're saying the motorcycle is an analogy for the relationship. I'm saying it's the experience all right, let's let's go with your analogy because I, I'm not I don't see it that way. No, well I think you're seeing well, his the motorcycle wheels. as the as, <laughs> as the as the marriages that didn't work. Um, that's your analogy, I believe. No, I'm the motorcycle the crashes are, are what didn't work. I'm seeing exactly getting on a motorcycle is the commitment to ride. You know, it's like that's you know. And you're on that ride. You're on the bike right now. You're on okay. it. But that fear of crashing is is replaying it. See, it's life like is all about choices. You can, yeah. It's true. You can allow, and that's a trauma that's in your body somewhere, so we'll work with that. But you can allow that to rule your life. And you may look back at some point in your life and have regrets because you allowed a fear to get in the way of living. But that's your choice. You right. can do that. But at least be aware that it's a choice, that you're running from something. And what that shows me is whatever those past hurts or betrayals were in the previous relationships are still very strong in your heart of hearts. Yeah. And that's until you resolve that and you're able to move forward from that, it's always going to be a fear. I mean, in my eyes, I wouldn't want to be moving forward into a committed relationship with someone who was afraid of commitment or afraid that God were going to crash because that fear is going to create it. The things that we fear the most are the things that we create in our lives. We draw that into our lives. So your job, if you, if you, if you want to free yourself from this and has nothing to do with freeing yourself so that you're able to make a commitment. It's freeing yourself from the fear that you're running from because you're running from something and you could keep running for the rest of your life. That's your choice or face it. 
Yeah, I don't. For for me, like this, I'm I'm glad I'm becoming the topic of the show. <laughs> is, that, is that anything new? We do this a lot. <laughs> Therapy for Paul. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for me, like I feel like I'm I'm not running. I feel like I I'm in a committed relationship and I'm very happy in my relationship, and I don't want that to change. So it's not I'm right, uh, right. It's not like I'm I'm a. I'm running from it or I don't feel afraid of marriage. It's just, I don't want to do it. I just, I don't. Why? I don't, Why don't you want to do it? Because it, you know, I, the, it hasn't worked out for me twice. I don't want to roll the dice again and, and have it fail again. Like I just want things to stay the way they are. Everything's good. And we're, we're solid. So I don't want to like, I'm not running, but I'm not running to the altar either. Like I don't, how how long were you dating the other people that you were married to? At least two and a half, three years before we got married. Each each relationship was, it wasn't, um, you know, there, there were different reasons both of them fell apart, but it was neither one of them were a spur of the moment thing. You know, we we definitely took our time. Um, I still feel it's just like the analogy you said before. It's not that I'm not on the motorcycle. It's that I don't want to crash. And it's the same thing. It's the fear because you were hurt by the previous divorces or ending of relationships. That's driving you. And that's the fear that I'm talking about working on. Doesn't mean you're going to run uh, run into a commitment or a marriage. That's up to you guys. But at least not have that fear or that limitation that's holding you back because you don't realize it, but when you're going into a relationship with that, it affects the relationship. It okay. affects it. We're all free energy and frequency. So if you're tuned into that, oh, I'm afraid to make that commitment or I'm going to crash on the motorcycle or whatever, it's going to affect your ability to be able to be fully present in a relationship. And okay. that's why I'm saying the, the buck stops with you. It does. Right. Jim, thoughts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hear. It. I, I'm with I'm with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mike? Mike, I, Mike, I don't even know what Paul. we're talking I'm sorry, about. Paul. I'm oh. sorry, Paul. Are you helping screening calls? You're oh, out of the well, conversation. Yeah, I got, he's got number. I got Mike here. Yeah, the last name I saw was Mike, and that's what came out. Um, he's yeah, he's on Paul. number three already. So, <laughs> yeah, Jim, how yeah. did you feel on the on the uh, the verge of your third marriage? Did you want to get married again after failing twice? Like, did you, how did you feel? He married a wonderful woman. He did. He married right? a wonderful, yeah, wonderful with, woman. What, what I found is that with many people, with many uh, people, we'll just say people, um, uh, they kind of hide stuff until the document is signed and the ritual is over. Right. And and also, I have oh, seen God. I have seen trans- transitions in the relationship based that on I social, that you're right. Social that you're right. Pressure. You're um, right. What, what this has to be that really could impact the way the relationship goes. So um, between the two of those things, uh, I would have a very difficult time making a choice like that again. Yeah. It, it, you have to really vet the person out. In a, in a heavy way. I mean, it would be like, you know, third, third degree, light in the face. Where right. are you on October 16th? 
But things, <laughs> you know, people change and situations change. And that's what I found in my last situation. Uh, my partner, every step of the way as the commitment became more and more irreversible from the uh, the engagement ring to the wedding to the pregnancy to the birth, mm-hmm. um, the the relationship changed so drastically for me and the expectations on me and and what uh, it it just, my life stopped being my own life. Like every step of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, And I just, uh, I I felt like that those levels of commitment in a relationship made the relationship and my partner change so drastically that it, it actually killed the relationship. So that, that's certainly where, if I'm afraid of anything, it's, it's, I don't feel fear. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. I feel um, experienced that mm-hmm. I've been through this and I've seen what happens and I don't want that. I don't want to go through that again. So I don't feel with, you know, the topic of fear of commitment. I don't feel afraid and I don't feel like I'm not committed. I'm just very uh, burned by the fact that I've been through it twice mm-hmm. and I don't want, I don't want to, to go through no, it again. No reason to stick my foot in a bear trap again. I just yeah. don't have to do that. <laughs> I see men and women. This is the Venus and Mars perspective. Right? We look at very different. Right. What women it want is. versus what men want. I wonder right. if there's a caller um, that feels the way I do and has <laughs> a, a similar feeling about commitment. All right. Well, let's see if we could take it. But I would like to have a few minutes to talk about the fear of commitment somewhere. I've got 30 right? pages here of no. Well, we should talk about it. Let's talk about that. All right. <laughs> I, still see it, I still see it as a fear because you're you're unable to take a step forward. And it, yes, it's based on negative feelings you know, in negative experiences. But I, from a psychological perspective, I would say, what's the underlying thing that's holding you back? And it would be a fear. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else I would call it. I'm not saying you're not committed to your relationship at all. Obviously, you've been in it for seven years. Right. But um, you want it on your safe, you know, little play. What do we call that? You're shaking the there. Sorry. What? Oh, I know. I'm shaking. I know. I have to sit on my hands again whenever I do that. Uh, um, you're, you're, um, you, you need that safety, that little cocoon. You can't step outside of the cocoon. Why? Because there's something out there that could hurt you or hurt the relationship. And you're making that association that, you take the next step and the steps are going to repeat in a relationship. And all I'm saying is explore that in your work with me. If we were talking about you and see what's there, it doesn't mean anything different is going to happen, but I actually feel knowing some of the things we've already worked on, it will help free you up in different ways, maybe even creatively and career wise and successfully. I could use some of that. (laughs) <laughs> this is somebody who's working on an album and he's got t-shirts already and stuff. Right. You're doing great. I'm very proud of you. Thank I you. really am. All right. Let's take another caller because we've got a lot of people and then I'll, I'll talk a little All bit right. about the fear of commitment. Let's talk to Joni. Joni. 
Gioni's there? Yeah, hello? Hi, is it, am I t- saying your name properly, Gioni? Oh, um, no, it's um, G- um, Gianni, like Gianni Gianni. Oh, okay. okay. Hi, Gianni, what's your story? Tell my story is um, I've been with my girlfriend for six, six years now. Um, going through um, a crazy breakup. Um, she telling me she want she want time, she wants space. Then we have an apartment we live in. She she moved out with her friend for right now. The, the lease is up in November, and we can't communicate correctly. She want me to move out the apartment, but yet she's going to be off the lease. But yet, if I say if you off the lease, I'm gonna just go apply for an apartment. And she cannot stay in the same place, so I want to move out. And we just had a big, big, big argument. No, I want you out that apartment. I want you out that apartment as if she don't, as if she want to come back to that apartment, but not tell me about it. But the, the whole thing is just communication been off. Um, I just on sudden lost my mom. She took the COVID vaccine. They had a heart attack. Um, oh, a little over a month ago. I'm sorry. Gosh. Um, so I'm, I'm trying. I'm grieving with. I'm. I'm not really grieving with it, but yeah, I am. I'm dealing yeah. with. The, I'm in, I'm You're in the military, struggling. so I feel like I'm. Yeah, I'm struggling to accept it and get over depression, and um, everything that happened can happen. It happened last month. Mom, my mom, my girl. I lost my job. <laughs> um, oh my god. My dog dying. So I'm just well, thank God your dog is still there. Thank God your dog is still there. Yes, ma'am. Um, She's still here. Right, yeah. and they're tremendous support, so be grateful for that. And, um, y- you know, I'm, I'm a 9-11 survivor, and I definitely mm-hmm. understand dealing with a lot of trauma, and I, I've been through a lot myself, so I get it. Um, you know, I, I want to talk specifically about your relationship right now, and then I want to talk a little bit about um, maybe some suggestions for you to get through this really difficult time. Um, as far as your relationship goes, would you mind sharing your your partner's first name? Would you feel okay doing that? Oh yeah, um, her name is Kai, K A I. Okay, I just want to zoom in on her energy and see what I pick up. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of what you said that I feel <laughs> was deteriorating long before this split, and I I, I feel like you said that you guys you know, we're arguing about the apartment and stuff like that. But I feel these arguments have been going right, but they've been going on for a long time. Um, And I I feel that constant like tug of war in your relationship. And I'm a big advocate on communication. And I feel your level of truly communicating with each other broke down a long, long time ago. I'm not even sure you ever really had it where you were really able to have that, um, that real open, heartfelt kind of communication. I feel you're both kind of um, either A-type personalities or both strong personalities in this relationship, and you both want to be heard. And the problem is neither of you are listening, and both of you are holding to your own standpoint and your own perspective. So... Um, there was, I don't remember what show it was. We did a long, long time ago. Jim and I both have a very similar technique that we use with clients in being able to learn how to communicate better. Um, <clears throat> but I'm just going to give it to you on a real high level, and Jim might have a few things that 
he wants to share. But first of all, I would say, sit her down and say, look, we need to talk, not fight, but talk. And then the second most important thing is the exercise that I'm going to give you. You both have to agree that you're going to listen. And it really communication is not only about talking and being open and sharing, but it's hearing your partner. And that's where I feel both of you have broken down. Um, The other thing is that I want you to be able to say to her is what you said here, you're hurting, you're grieving, you're, you're a mess and you need her support. And this is the time you need her to be there. And, and that then becomes the choice that she has to make. Is she willing to be there for you? I feel love between the two of you. I mean, I really do feel there's something still there, but I feel there's so much um, hurt and there's so much of not being heard in both of your energies that you both have so much resentment in your energy that that truly is what what's holding your relationship together where in reality that's what's drawing it apart so she might not even be willing to do this but i would say to her um you know i would start by saying something like you know i'm i'm in a depression i i'm a mess and i need you to to talk to me and and i need to have a civil conversation but the exercise that both Jim and I have been very successful with again is a couple that wants to communicate and wants to stay together but basically the way I do it is I have the 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 two partners sitting like on a straight chair across from each other I do it with like knees touching and you look at each other and each partner gives the other person a chance to talk. But the only thing that you can say, even if they say the thing that is most irritating to you in the whole world, all you can say when you're listening to her or all she could say when she's listening to you is, I understand. I get it. Those are the only words. But you can't do it pretending. You can't do it really getting all riled up and hurt and more resentful. You have to do it hearing her. You guys are not hearing each other, and that's the biggest problem in this relationship. Um, do you Have you guys always argued in sort of like it being a tug of war? I feel that in the energy. It feels like it's always been there. Has it? Yeah, it's, um, it's always been there. Everybody, I'm 20, She's 24. I'm 34. So people say, oh, well, it's her age and stuff like that. But we both in the military. She's um she's a cop from from the city where we're from. So I feel like she's way more mature than um I give her right. a lot of credit being more mature. But in a relationship, right. it's not that. It's a lot more immaturity. And so it hasn't been a, a tug of war from the beginning. Sometimes it I gets better. That. You know, and then right. it, and then digressed. Then I feel like it get better. And uh, recently, it's it's our argument. Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, I don't want to argue. Kiss and make up. Put a bandaid on it. Then it, it flares up next week, next month, and it's just um like recently my my mom passed over a month ago. It's just been um, everything just been everywhere, and she had enough. She moved out two weeks ago. Um, so I was calling to see, hey, when is she going to move move back? Will she move back? Um, is this um can we save this? But her but talking to her the last couple of weeks, she want to move to separate places and then start from there. She don't hear nothing else, but. Let's move in separate apartments and start from there. 
nothing to I still do don't feel it's over. Even though even though she's she's saying what she's saying, she's just at the breaking point and, and I think the best thing you could do is give her some space right now and let her process everything. What I would like to see you throw out to her is um you know, if you want to talk or if you want to, you know, go into counseling or something, I would love to do that and try to sort this out. I really feel you need a mediator to help guide you through this because you guys, both of you feel an, an understanding she's a cop and you're in the military. You do have to, you know, you, you need that stress in a relationship and part time backing down from it. She needs to be in control of the situation and that you know i mean that that's something that she would have to be willing to relinquish and and learn how to sort of balance in a relationship but energetically to me it does not feel like it's over but um you need to give her space but you need to throw her bait you need to say look i love you i would like to work this out but we need help um, and we need to learn how to communicate and let that sort of gel in her. And hopefully she'll come to the point where she'll be more grounded and more ready to work it out with you. But I, I honestly feel that you may have a break right now. And I feel she's angry and not willing right now, but it's not over. It isn't over. If you could stick it out and throw her that bait, it's got a chance. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Uh, that, bye-bye. Man, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Under the yeah. circumstances. That's really yeah. heartbreaking. I hope you're still listening because I didn't get to say my bit. I you, wanted you to say, but the music <laughs> was playing. But go ahead. Yeah, what did you want to say? Okay. I just wanted to, I wanted to say that, you know, that... Put that, him back with, on. Put him back no, on. Okay. Put him back on. He's still there. Johnny, you there? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still there. Okay. We're, I, I had something, some pieces that I wanted to add to the ritual that, that, that Lady Fontaine was talking about. And that is, you don't interrupt each other when you're talking, when one of them is talking. So you kind of decide who's going to go first. And then you, what the other person, the way I do it is the other person doesn't say anything. They just do eye contact. They listen as hard as they can. And at the end of the conversation, the person who was talked to repeats back what they heard. And the person oh. that's talking gets to change it and correct it into being the right message. And then the person, they keep doing that until the person who was listened to, the first person talking, says, yeah, that's right. All right, could you really give an example? But could you give an example of that? Oh, you know, I hate the way you drive. You always yell at people. Okay. And Tell then what what's I repeated said. back? Um, what did, what did uh, I say? You said, I hate the way you drive. You always yell at people. No, I said, I hate the way you drive. You're, all, you're <laughs> always yelling at people. I know, that's way. what you said. Do it the, do, I, do, I, I, do it the uh, way I said it. You said that I, you hate the way I drive, and I'm always yelling at people. Right. That's it. Okay. And then, and then if it's like something like that, that's just raw material you can, you can go back with. And how does that make you feel? 
And that gives the, the person who is talking a moment to be able to actually talk about what goes on inside of them. And then you go through that same process with that. And now it's your turn. So you get to do the same thing, and they have to do the same thing. And that's the agreement. It's like almost a contract. You have to say, this is, these are the rules, and you can't break the rules because it's really going to mess up our lives, and we're never going to get over this. So we've got to do it this way. And eventually you'll learn that this is okay, and it's safe, and you can talk like this. And you don't have to be sitting knee to knee to do it. Right, yeah, in the big what, picture of things, what, you don't. And Paul, who, who does coaching with me, knows how many times do I say to you, how does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> That's part of it. That's, it. You have to connect with what your emotion is, and I make you name the emotion because yeah, when you yeah. name it, it, then you have that power to deal with it, and it's, it becomes something separate from yourself. The, what's destroying your relationship is really bad habits and both of your abilities to, or desires to be right and to be heard. And neither of you are listening. That's the problem. But what Jim said about how does that make you feel, I have a whole process that I do in coaching with people that's all based on you identifying within yourself how that makes you feel. Because my feeling is your outer world is always a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if you have this constant conflict going on in a relationship, that means there's some constant conflict going on inside of you that needs your attention. And you only, I, I did an article, it's on the internet somewhere. It's called, you only need one person to fix a relationship. And that one person is you. You work on you, and it gets resolved. And let me tell you, I had a client um, many, many years ago that was married to a psychologist. She lived in Connecticut, and they moved to somewhere out west in California. And they ended up getting a divorce. He physically abused her. And um, she contacted me when she got back to the East Coast. And I worked with her. She was one of my star clients. I mean, she was amazing. She got the techniques right away. And um, one day she calls me out of the blue and she says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? And she said, guess who called me? And I'm thinking, well, we're working on her father. It must be your father. And she said, no. And she said her ex-husband called her. And I said, what did he say? And she said he was on the phone crying to me and apologizing for everything that he did. Now, they had not had any contact since they were divorced, but her doing her own inner work shifted him 3,000 miles away that, I mean, they, they, they didn't develop a relationship or have any ongoing contact, but she was able to get a lot of closure and they were both able to get a lot of healing. And the point of it is, though, as you work through the things yourself, it shifts everything external to you and everyone's perception of the situation shifts and changes. And therefore, that, that's how you heal yourself is, or heal that, out that, that external situations. That, that just happened. That's, I told her I need a time. This is too much going on. If you want to break, we both need time, so I'm going to give you that. And I said, let's not talk to each other for a couple of days. And the next day, she called back apologizing. Yeah. And that truly is, see, um, what we were talking about before about letting go. 
when you let go of a situation, it frees it up for the, for the universe to take over. And honestly, people, men and women, get scared when you, they're afraid of losing it. Right now, she knows she's in control. She does have issues with needing to be in control of things. And I think that you saying, and she's angry and she's mad. And those are the things you guys need to start talking about. Otherwise, it will be doomed for failure. Jim, you were talking, though. What else do you have to say? Um, uh, um, what, what, the reason why you have to be so strict about um, listening, paying attention, and not interrupting is because this has to be a safe place for that person to talk, for both of you to talk, but especially for you know, the person who's moving away, um, because that way they can really feel heard and really feel respected. Um, I went through like six months of just listening to my second wife gripe and complain about what an awful person I was until she finally said to me, you know, you're making it awfully hard for for me to not to love you. (laughs) And I thought, oh, good, I'm making progress. I'm finally getting through to her. I never said anything back to her. I never replied, never never retorted in any way while she attacked me and just tore me apart. But I was trying hard to repair that relationship, which, of course, it didn't ever get repaired. But that's a different story. Anyway, we've got to sign but you off. Helpful. We've got other things to go to. All right. Okay. Well, good luck to you, and keep us posted. Thank you, John. I will. Thank you. Okay. All right. Good luck. Um, clearly, I'm not going to get to the topic today, because we have other callers, right? So we we're going to have other, to do a... We have one more on the system that we haven't talked to yet. All right. Um, do you want to bring her on the air? But I'm not going to be able to do it in 10 minutes. You know, the what I wanted to discuss. You've got 20 minutes. Well, do you want me to talk or should we take this caller? Um, Let's take the quick. caller. Okay. Let's take the caller. And then I'll, if I have time. Marsha? Right. Huh? I didn't know. Hey. Marcia? Hi. 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 Can you hear me? You're, yeah, you're yes. on the air. Welcome, welcome here. Um, can you tell us what's going on with you? What's your story? Well, I just started a new travel assignment, and I just wanted to know what what do you see far as that going? Um, so you you started a new job. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm a travel nurse. Oh. And I just. Uh, I picked up a salmon in Texas, Dallas, Texas. Oh, wow. I like this. I'm actually feeling really good about this. Um, <clears throat> I like this a lot. I, I, I do. To me, it feels like um, it it has a very strong potential for, what is it, like a six-month gig or something like that? Well, it's a minimum four weeks. But if they need you, you can just keep renewing and staying. Um, there's a very good potential, very, very good potential that you're going to be there more than four weeks. Um, I feel um, uh, I feel almost like once you get in, they won't let you out. <laughs> and that could be a good thing oh, or the, not the such a good thing. The phone went out. Yeah, um, the phone went out. Uh, I didn't hear that last part. You said there's a very good potential what? that once you get in, you're not, they're not going to let you out. Um, so there's a very good chance that this is going to be extended beyond four weeks if you want it, it you know, if you feel comfortable there. It, 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 
Are, is this like emergency room kind, kind of stuff? Uh, I'm in the ICU. Oh, okay. It That's why it's a smaller it hospital, but it's at the ICU. But yeah. Um, I, I, I actually feel it has the potential to go much longer, and it feels to me that there might even be the opportunity for it to turn into a full-time position if you wanted it. But um, I, I, I don't feel it's going to be just four weeks. It has the potential being a lot longer. Are you traveling from far away? Or are uh, you going to North relocate? Carolina. Oh, so you're flying well, there. Like, have, yeah, I'm, I'm flying here from North Carolina. I don't have a reason not to relocate. Like, if I'm, I'm single, so if I was to meet somebody, I would relocate for that reason. Other right. than that, I'll just keep traveling. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, I kind of feel you're going to be traveling for a while because I feel they're going to want you to stay on. So how long have you been there? Uh, I just got here Monday night. And how are you feeling so about it? I haven't been it? here long. How are you feeling about it? I like it? it so far. I haven't started yet, but I, I like it so far here in Texas. I have no um, Yeah, I, I, I actually feel that if they did offer you a full-time job and you accepted it, you'd be very happy there. I know you said you're not ready to make that move yet, but there is a potential that's going to happen. Right. I, I definitely want to stay longer than four weeks. You're going to. I mean, I, I almost don't see the possibility of them letting you go after four weeks. I mean, it's a, I mean anything is possible, especially in today's day and age, but I don't see that, that, that you know, possibility for you. I see much more long-term than that. So good luck okay. with it. Good luck and let us know how things turn out. But I feel you're going to be there longer, much longer. And I don't even mean just like eight weeks. I mean six months minimum, and it could turn full-time. Right. That's exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Well, you're going to get it. All right. Thank you. Good Thanks. luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Is that all our callers for tonight? That's it. All right. So um, how much time do I have? 15 minutes. I've got like 30 pages here. I don't even know where to start. Um, Two pages a minute. (laughs) I can't talk that fast. All right. So so one thing I do want to to mention is that um, fear of commitment itself isn't a psychological uh, term, and it isn't a psychological ailment. Usually fear of commitment is tied into other psychological um, issues. It could be um, personality, beha- uh, behavioral personality disorders. It could be abandonment issues. It could be low self-esteem. It could be an assortment of other issues. Um, but it in, it in itself, like to being... Um, phobic of something, there's usually an underlying cause that causes the phobia. And when I was talking to Paul earlier about that mysterious text that he got, um, (laughs) you know, it, it, again, it doesn't really matter if, 
you know, if he feels or whoever that person was, if they feel like they um, are afraid or not afraid, it's a limitation. And that limitation is something that needs to be looked at and needs to be addressed. What did, what did Jim say before? How does that make you feel? If, if I worked with that person who, who texted that message or the recipient of that, I would ask you, you know, imagine that you made that commitment. How does that make you feel? Imagine. You said, okay, let's get married. How does that make you feel? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Clenched is how it makes me feel. Right, Clenched. right. You know, um, I'm going to send you something <laughs> offline that my trauma therapist gave me to work with that I, I did last night, and I found it um, amazing. It's a guided meditation, but it's different than anything I've ever heard. Look, I had, I have advanced certification in hypnotherapy. And when she was telling me about this, I'm thinking, Oh God, you know, here we go. But I, I loved it. I loved it. And then she said the dirty word affirmations, because I don't believe in affirmations because I know you do Jim, but I don't, because I feel if, if I'm saying I am, what should I say that I'm not? I am a multimillionaire. And I'm going, no, you're not. You know, like, no, you're not. It's never going to happen. Then how is that affirmation really going to change me? They say by repetition it does. But her way of doing affirmations was different. She's asking those inner questions. And I was blown away. I'm telling you, I was totally blown away in a good That's way. That's a whole other show. We should really talk about that because using words affirmations, uh, and affirmations, they mm-hmm. are that, that I believe in 100% because it's worked so many times. And it's like if you for really want to talk about – For you. For you. Yeah, for me. But I, I also I, I I believe in it. I believe in it. Well, um, let's say – all right, after my first – my first marriage, people would say, well, do you have any contact with your ex-wife? And I said, no. I said, but I wish her the best, and I'm going to keep on saying that until it's true. Right. And that, <laughs> that is a way of self-brainwashing um, ourselves. Yes. But, but you also let go of your hurt and your anger and your resentment and all that other stuff by right. saying but it, and eventually you got to believe things, it. Right. Yeah, there's something about, you know, people say um, that, uh, the universe was created by frequency and vibration that, that God said, let there be light. And that is actually something real that, that creation comes out of for, comes into form through vibration and sound. I so believe you that hundred percent. You're actually creating some, you're manifesting through sound. Um, I, so I, I really believe that it's like, it's a, a sense of, you know, they say the magic word. Well, the magic word is any word. If you say it and repeat it, it will become, it will become reality because you have that, that is a power we have that we don't recognize. You can call it an affirmation or whatever, but it's like you're creating reality with audio. Yeah. And it's all, but see what I feel is it's all the frequency. If you didn't make that statement saying, I wish her well and wanting to wish her well. I don't believe it would have had, if you just said, 
all right, uh, you know, I wish her well, I wish her well, I wish her well, but you didn't have that belief that you wanted to wish her well. I don't feel well, it would have worked the same exactly. way. Exactly. Like, I think I wanted to, but I, at the time, I didn't feel that way. I, I was very angry and hurt after my first marriage. So when someone said, you know, how do you feel? It's like, well, I wish her well, and I'm going to keep saying that until it's true. Um, like, because I was putting the effort into it. Like, I wanted to change the way I felt. That's so, right. And I think that's the better right. affirmation. The better it's, affirmation is to say, I want to wish her well. Right. So the intention behind it, but it worked for me because like, it's, I not, feel like it's not false to say, I want to wish her well. I know. Right. I'm thinking true. about that. I actually like that, Jim, a right. lot. That's, that that's one more doesn't true repel than, me. That, that right. one aligns with me. I, I think want what Jill to was saying, whatever. her resistance to affirmations is her inner voice is going to challenge something if she says, oh, I'm beautiful. Her inner voice is going to go, oh, you're, no, you're not. No, you're not. Right? You know, so you're going to be fighting with your commitment, commitment issue, right? That's a commitment issue. I think you're beautiful. No, I'm saying if you say something like that, your your inner voice is always going to be yes, challenging you. but you're right. You. Yeah. So that's, right. that's that's where I feel like maybe you you don't believe in affirmations because – your strong inner voice is going to challenge yeah, those. That is and you feel like it's not going to work because. I, yeah. That is exactly why I don't. And plus, I know millions of people have tried affirmations and they don't believe what they're saying. Therefore, they don't create it. Right. Um, somehow you have to believe it. And that's why I like what Jim said. I want to believe blah 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 but jim you are much more of an advocate for for affirmations because you've mentioned it on the show before to do affirmations so i want to hear from you but that's why that's i mean i think that says it all it's not about lying to yourself or convincing yourself that you're a millionaire or something like that that's a different kind of magic uh and i don't i'm not addressing that when i'm talking about affirmations um you know, a lot of people do that. I am wealthy. I I yes, I have a do. you know a, a Rolls Royce or whatever. Mm-hmm. My yeah. voice would be going, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, which, I don't which, have a Rolls Royce. Destroys the whole possibility for that to exactly. ever work. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why it doesn't work for me. But we're trying to do but, we're trying to do interior alchemy. We're trying to make make gold out of lead here, and and that's the way we do that because you're talking to a part of your mind that's very subtle and very hard to reach, and it's very automatic. And so to be able to give these kinds of messages in a, in a way that's, that's unquestionable and at the same time has a, has a hidden oomph behind it, like I want to wish her well, um, that, that says a lot, and that helps to reprogram the way you think about her, and it might have made it come on even faster. You know, what I want to say to you is, um, and Jim, you know how I struggled with the loss of my dogs yes, through, through everything. Um, and you and I had about a four hour Skype call in probably December because I was so fearful of January. Mm-hmm. And we had that star of Bethlehem configuration. And I went out in my front yard and I did a cleansing ritual and healing ritual because of the power of that day and the intent. And also my friend Lisa, who um, is a holistic vet and a healer down here, um, she and I did another thing by the French Broad River. 
And my whole intent was to be able to mourn and grieve and face the reality and heal. Mm -hmm. And I believe I succeeded in doing, I'm not saying it's totally done because I still talk about it a lot, but man, am I a lot better. And I'm sitting here with Coco and China's ashes right over here, which was a big deal. I had it Mm -hmm. hidden in the corner of my, my bathroom because I couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, so that to me is intention. My intent was to heal myself and to free myself from the grieving and the pain and, and you talk about trust. I had so many vets make mistakes along the way. So many vets that my dogs would still be alive if they would have listened. Like Jim knows. I, I'm a healer. He's a healer. I'm intuitive. I know. And nobody would listen to me. Nobody mm. would listen to me. So that was a lot for me to process. But the intent, and I think that's why you were successful, that your intention, see, we need to do a show on intention, affirmations, and fear of commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Since we didn't get anywhere today. (laughs) Oh, we did. We got somewhere. Don't say that. Yeah, we got somewhere. No, it was was a great show. No, I think it was great. But there's a lot of things that I want. All right, let me sum this up with with any, any commitment issue, which follows any relationship issues. The single most important thing in resolving any of it is what Jim and I were talking about before, and that's communication. And it's not yelling. It's not the tug of war kind of communication. It's hearing and being compassionate and understanding, having empathy for the other person's perspective. You might believe a wholeheartedly in your, your right, but hear and understand what the issue is with your partner. So if you have a, uh, a relationship phobic or, or, or a partner that isn't ready to commit, um, hear, have a conversation with that person, just like I would have in a therapy session with that person, but be open about really talking about what you're afraid of and, mm-hmm. and have that dialogue. But I feel it's all about communication. All of these things, if you read through all my notes, is all about being able to communicate openly and honestly, honestly with your partner and hearing them. Most people think talking and communicating is about sharing, but it's, mm-hmm. you, it's not just sharing what you feel, it's hearing what another person feels. And the, I'll tell you what I feel is the most um, productive kind of communication is to hear someone's fears and to be empathetic towards them. Do you do you do you agree? We're over. The show's over, and I didn't even get started. Yes. <laughs> well, so yeah, I the, tried. The, the key to hearing is to have empathy. It's, it's to try and fit that feeling into yourself and see how it feels. Yeah. I like that. That's a good closing. That's a great yeah. closing. Well, we definitely need to explore this further because, uh, yeah, let's um, let's do a part two after the next show because this this has a lot of a uh, lot of good stuff. And also yep. affirmations and intention. I don't know if we could do yep. it together or if they're separate shows, but I think 
we brought up some really good points today. Yeah, and, I and think I we need another fair commitment because there's a lot of information here that we we didn't get to. I know, I know. Okay, so we want to thank all our listeners and viewers and those who called in tonight. We really enjoyed hearing your stories, and we appreciate you. Our next show is on Thursday, September 2nd at 8 p.m., and the topic is Resistance, the True Cause of Emotional Pain. I think Jim's going to be all over this one. That sounds very zen, very Buddhist. Oh, dear. Right? Uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's going to have your name all over it. I don't know, right? I don't know well, if I'm going to be all over this or not. This is going to, we're going well, to talk I about will this. Be. So well, mark your okay. calendars. We'll share be sure it. to join we'll share us. the topic. <laughs> um, and we we'll have lots of great topics in queue. We, we welcome your suggestions. Uh, email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. And a very special thanks to Mike, again, for helping us out this evening with screening callers. It is deeply appreciated. Both Jim and I um, are freed up to do a lot more uh, of our jobs when we're on screening calls. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Please visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. I am a a strong proponent of that, and I can give you a testimonial anytime on how, how good that's going for me. And uh, for those listeners in New York, visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. Website is eastwesthealing.info. Facebook page is at forward slash East West Healing Arts. I have my own show on bulldogradio.com on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Six Six Degrees. And we just want to all say good night. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you on September 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Eye on the Future. Good night, everybody. Good night. Do we have a cue out? That's it. That's the cue out. Oh, there it goes. And <laughs> hold on, we're still live. Another right, great show. Thanks to our callers and we didn't even show too early. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings.